Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. November is National Hospice and Palliative Care Month, a time to help the public understand the benefit of this type of serious illness care and the importance of advanced care planning. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Kelly Klein with the Texas Tech Physicians Department of Family Medicine and Associate Professor in the School of Medicine. Dr. Klein explains the difference between hospice and palliative care and gives us suggestions on how we can approach the subject with family members. Dr. Klein, welcome back to our podcast. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do here at the Health Sciences Center? Well, I'm an associate professor of family medicine here in our Department of Family and Community Medicine. And I am board certified in family medicine, but also board certified in hospice and palliative medicine. I went to medical school here, residency here, and then after residency, went out to my hometown of Littlefield and practiced there for about a dozen years. And had a lot of nursing home patients and a lot of elderly patients and got interested in hospice and palliative medicine. And so got board certified in that. And so about 12 years ago, came back to be on the faculty here. And it was about the time that we were starting a palliative team over at UMC and a hospice and palliative fellowship at the Health Sciences Center. And it was just good timing for the interest that I had. So I I spent about half my day doing family medicine and about half my day doing hospice and palliative medicine. Well, we're happy that you could find the time to come talk to us. And it is Hospice and Palliative Care Awareness Month. What What is hospice and palliative care, and, and what is the difference? Good question, because a lot of people think that there's a difference. But actually, palliative care is, is like the big subset of patients or the big set of patients that might be having a chronic illness, or and it might be a life-limiting illness, it might be illness that's causing a lot of symptoms, but something that they need some symptom management and some somebody to talk them through about what their different options are. And we also, we center not only what the patient would like, but also help involve and in, in, in check on the family as well. And we do it in an interdisciplinary way. We have doctors, nurses, uh, chaplains, social workers on our teams. And then hospice is a smaller group of that group. So Patients who have Medicare, if two doctors have decided that that patient might have less than six months to live, then they can take advantage of the hospice Medicare benefit. And what that means is interdisciplinary help that can go to wherever they are, whether it's at home, whether it's at someone else's home, whether it's in a nursing home, whether it's in any other facility like assisted living, we can go there and provide interdisciplinary care nursing, doctor visits like myself, chaplains, bereavement coordinators, and social workers. We also can help with medications that might be related to that terminal illness, also medical equipment. And a lot of people don't realize that for a lot of Medicare services, there may be a copay for those things. But for hospice, as long as those things are related to a terminal condition, then hospice pays for those things at 100%, or Medicare, rather, pays for those things at 100%. 
so pain medicines, medicines that might help in any way with comfort or breathing, we'll pay for those. Uh, hospital bed, oxygen, things like that. You touched briefly on this, but why and when would a patient or a family member choose hospice or palliative care? You know, I think we need to be doing it as early as possible. So I usually will tell doctors, you know, if you have diagnosed a patient with some disease that might eventually take their life, I think just explain to that patient what the progression of that disease might be and give them, giving them a heads up that, hey, you know, someday this may end up causing you to be very ill and may eventually even take your life. And so, for example, if you have a patient that's got congestive heart failure, for example, and is coming into the hospital time after time and they're just not getting better, that's a good time for patients and families to think about maybe palliative care where we could take care of that patient at home. We could help have those discussions with those families and ahead of time. But it's amazing how often when we talk to families about, you know, there's another way to do this. If you're, if you have noticed mom's been in the hospital a lot lately, there may be a more comfortable way to do this at home. And oftentimes they're very interested. So a lot of time it's not the families that are thinking about palliative care, a lot of time it's our doctors that should be suggesting it. But if as a patient or family, if you have a loved one who's in and out of the hospital a lot, they're losing weight, they're not getting around as much, they're losing what we call their activities of daily living, they're just not able to do as many things as they used to. If they're finding it harder and harder to get out of the house, then it might be time for palliative care or hospice. How long would someone receive either type of care? As long as a person has a, a need for hospice and palliative care, we're going to provide those services till the very end. When someone's on hospice, in the beginning, we do have two doctors who certify that we expect this patient to die within six months. But oftentimes, a patient will come on hospice and get better and outlive that six months. And that's okay. It doesn't mean we have to discharge them at that time. As long as they qualify, we continue to provide hospice services for them. So I've had some patients who are getting hospice and palliative care for, for several years. Because yeah. it seems like, especially with President Carter, yeah, I, I think everyone expected for him to pass right after the announcement, but he is still with us. Right. And he may, I don't know for sure, but he may be one of those patients that when he got you know, the very good attention from hospice nurses and the rest of the interdisciplinary team may have improved a little bit, you know, and it's because we're focusing on quality of life and not so much quantity. A lot of our patients do, do improve. Is this something that people should plan for in advance and how do they go about doing that? And do they need to contact an attorney? It's a good question. You know, it's okay to contact an attorney, but honestly, Anybody can get online and and download advanced directives. You can even go to, if you Google Texas advanced directives, it'll bring up an excellent site which has a medical power of attorney on it. It has an out-of-hospital DNR and what we call a directive to physicians or what we used to call a living will. And those are very good 
documents that they're designed that they could be filled out without a lawyer. I do think it's a good idea to do it alongside the physician, though. It doesn't have to be, but a lot of time our physicians or our nurses could help guide what some of the terminology is. Some of the forms require a couple of witnesses, and I think it would make it easier to do it with a healthcare provider, but you don't have to. So I think it's it's good any time for people to think about advanced directives, especially if patients are getting sicker or you see your loved ones getting sicker. It's a good time to bring it up. I always tell families that around the holidays, it's a good time just to ask, ask around. You know, have is everybody have their you know advanced directives updated? And when you come in the hospital, one of the questions they ask you on admission is, "Do you have advanced directives?" And a lot of time, patients don't, and we just check off no, and we don't go further than that. But what we ought to be doing is when we check no, take that time to say no, but I would like to fill out advanced structures while I'm here at the hospital. And then whenever advanced structures are filled out, you need to make sure they get to the doctor's office, the hospital, wherever medical care is provided, because there's a lot of patients who leave it at home or in their bank box for some reason or at the lawyer's office, then they're not handy when we when they've come to the hospital and, and we need it. Because to be able to act on those wishes in, in either an advanced directive or out-of-hospital DNR or living will, we have to have the paperwork. We're not going to just take somebody's word for it. We want to have the paperwork. Most of us have a difficult time talking about death, and not everyone understands hospice or palliative care. What is the best way to inform our friends and family outside the inner circle? I I know you mentioned talking during the holidays Mm -hmm. about our advanced directors, but how do we bring that up? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, we're really a death-defying society. We don't like to talk about it much, you know, and and that's okay. It's not like we want to talk about it all the time, but it's a normal part of life. You know, there's birth and death, and so, you know, if you see family members that you think might benefit from it, you know, I think just make it a normal part of the conversation and explain it to to you know mom or dad. You know, we've noticed y'all aren't getting around as well as you used to. Have y'all thought about what wishes might be at the end of life, or have you thought thought about where you might want to live if you're unable to live in your own house later, or if you thought about uh, what kind of medical care you might need at some time and start making those plans? Because we always have to plan ahead. You always got to be one step ahead, you know, and, but anytime there's any kind of uh, illness in the family can be a, a, if somebody gets hospitalized, that's a good time to bring it up. And, you know, I think we shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it because it's just a normal part of, part of everyday life, but can be hard because we don't like to talk about it. And when we do talk about it, I think it's good to, to use normal terms. Don't, you know, don't beat around the bush. You know, it's okay to say, just flat out, it doesn't look like your health is doing very good. Are you, what, what has your family doctor said about what's going on? So, and ho- hopefully they'll share that with you and, and families can help plan ahead. Well, along the same vein, how, how can we talk to somebody or how do we respond to someone going through hospice or palliative care? Oh, I think just be supportive. Ask them if there's anything you can do to help. You know, I think asking, you know, tell them that you've, noticed uh, one of my patients the other day asked me, well, I've noticed a lot of people going out of my neighbor's house. What do you think they're doing in there? And I said, you know, I I don't know, but it could be that that patient's getting sicker. 
and maybe go and say hi to them, bring some cookies or something like that, and see if they might need anything. Recently, I had a patient pass away over in Wolferth, and his neighbors were so nice. They came over, and even without asking, they mowed his grass, and that was such a sweet thing. His wife was so thankful because they had a big yard, <laughs> and that was so nice. She would bake bread for her neighbors when they did that and give it to them. And, or we thought she was b- baking bread. We found out later one of the other neighbors was actually making the bread, and <laughs> she was passing it off as her own. It was pretty cute. But well, I, I can speak from experience that after my husband passed away, my neighbors also took care of my yard, and it was a very big yard, and I yeah. really appreciated it. It was just yeah. something I didn't have to think about or ask for. Yeah, little things like that, like going and get the, going and get the dry cleaning, going and filling up the car, things like that. Very helpful, yes. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I just am such a proponent of hospice and palliative care, and I just think we don't use it enough. You know, there's we are blessed in Lubbock to have such a fantastic you know, couple of hospitals that, that do life-saving treatment at both places. But we're also very blessed here in Lubbock to have a lot of physicians who understand that there's a point where patients want to kind of change, you know, change their focus and go from a curative type of of pathway to a more comfort pathway or a pathway that focuses more on quality of life rather than quantity. And we've got some great hospices here in town, some great hospice doctors and palliative doctors um, who can provide that care. We're, we're very fortunate in this region. You know, Lubbock's very well known across the state as having a, having a very robust hospice and palliative network here, and we're very blessed. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Klein, for all this information. Well, thank you for having me. We hope to have you back. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by T.R. Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, Kay Williams, Tyler White, and me, Melissa Whitfield.